Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing. That's Badass Wood Art in Eastside Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, remember to use promo code CT Pocket for 20% off any one item at that'sbadasswoodart.com. And while you're here and listening, like and subscribe. We're just, I think, like two followers, two subscribers away from 3,000. Once we hit that point, we'll do a giveaway for a custom skull piece by That's Badass Wood Art. Hey, Ryan, check it out. Look it up back I know. there. Yeah, it's right behind mine you. Mine finally came in. Randy and... Moss. Yeah. You were debating. Yeah, I'm really the... excited about it. Luis did a really good job, and uh, I, I put a Google review. You can probably read it out there, too. But um, quick, like, I mean, I, I think he estimated it was going to be like six to eight weeks or whatever because, again, these are all custom. custom like, unless made. you get, like, a pre-made one that, you know, he maybe just has, you know, sitting there. Um, if you send him a custom order, obviously it's going to take some time. He's got a lot of orders coming in and, uh, I think he got it to me in like five weeks. So he that's, definitely that's beat good. the time frame. Um, and, and I couldn't be happier with it. it it's, it's fantastic. Eventually I'm going to get a new setup in my, in my office and I'll, I'll probably do all my shows from there. But for now he comes out for the shows and, and then probably <laughs> back. I don't know if my wife will let him stay on the mantle all the time, but we'll see. So, before we get to grading the Vikings draft picks, um, you were between that sign and what other one? Because it wasn't just that one. Yeah, well, so I had a couple of Randy Moss. Randy Moss is my favorite player of all time. Um, surprise, not an Oklahoma player, actually. It's, wow. It's, uh, it's Randy Moss. He's the one that got me to fall in love with football. Um, so I had a couple of different options. I had one of him do, uh, making a catch um, over I can't remember who it was uh, but anyways it was a really good catch one mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then I had you obviously have the Randy Moss moon uh, which is pretty common but mm-hmm. my favorite like generation or like the era of Randy Moss was when he had the big fro and so I, I looked <laughs> yes. up Randy Moss fro and uh, this is a picture I found on there it's him kind of winking and giving a thumbs up to to the, the photographer and uh yeah it's just perfect i just love it i'm so happy it looks cool i i still don't have one i need to get one it's on my to-do list this summer uh, before Luis continues to get more busy and that timeline gets longer but uh yes if you have not yet folks go use that promo code get 20 percent off and get yourself some badass what art um let's uh let's grade I, i'm not I'm not super big on grading just because they haven't touched the field. We don't know how they're going to translate. The hit rate on draft picks in general is pretty low, but knowing what we know about the draft class, I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to get on here, chat about the grades for the entire draft, and then each individual selection. Um, We can say why we came up with that grade. And by the way, if you're listening, put your grades in the comments. I want to see them. Ryan wants to see them. Um, and we'll go in and comment on what we think your grades are. So let's start with the first over, not the first overall pick, but our first pick in the first round, wide receiver Jordan Addison. What are you yeah. giving that as a grade? You know, I'm, I'm going to give that one an A. And, and the reason why is you're, you're looking at uh, a huge positional need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Quasey even said it in his press conference after the pick that – you know, the, the, the fall or, you know, not having Adam Thielen here anymore is leaving a quite a big, quite a 
big void in yes. our in our offense. And yes, we have KJ, and they are excited about KJ. But you need to have uh, another individual who can get separation, who can create separation um, in the, those one-on-one scenarios, because oftentimes this player is going to be playing one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so having uh, probably the best, well. Probably the best, if not the second best, separator in this class, just from a you know short to intermediate and even deep uh, perspective, it, it really fills that need. Um, yeah. You look at some of the consensus big boards in terms of, and again, these are all just projections, right? But yep. he was number one or number two on almost everybody's list. Now, of course, there's a couple that he had on three. I had him at four, but probably because of some bias, uh, he probably should have been at least <laughs> at three, but I, I let my bias creep in. Um, and and so when you look at it from all of those perspectives, right? Yeah. It, it, it's a position of need. It's a high value position. So we're not wasting this pick on you know, a low value, uh, positional, you know, player. Um, it, it just, it checks all the boxes. It's the type of receiver we want in this position. Again, my only slight concern, the reason why it's not an A plus is because of that slight frame. If, if I am a little concerned on how maybe that translates to the NFL, it hasn't affected like Devonta Smith that much. I comped him to Calvin Ridley. I don't think okay. it's really affect okay. him all that much in the NFL. You can get by, you know, away from, or, you know, you can, he can get by with having that as a deficit. If he can work through his game, be better with his footwork than he already is. Um, great college production as well. I mean, he's just a fantastic player. What What were your thoughts? Yeah. So I, I do give it an A plus and well, I went back and forth because with, with J with Jackson Smith and Jigba falling, it would have been cool to maybe see them move up to be aggressive and try and get someone like him. Uh, but my guess is the value of trading up plus the player you're going to get probably didn't equal equal out. Um, same with trading back, you know, that we, we heard they got trade offers to move back with the chiefs and the saints, and it just didn't outweigh the value they had for Jordan Addison, but I'm still going to give it an a plus. I think it's very rare that a need on your team lines up with the value that you're picking at. Like it was just a perfect, perfect match the board fell as well as you could ask for the Vikings to where they still wound up with one of the top wide receivers in this draft class and all the points that you listed he's going to be able to step in day one uh, elevate this offense to hopefully what we expected honestly with Adam Thielen I know we don't want to like badmouth Adam Thielen because I do think he was a very good player for us I do think he dropped off a little bit last year um, though he also did have plays that where he was open, he just didn't get the ball. And that's part of Mix playing opposite Jefferson. But uh, I think Addison's really going to take advantage of a lot of those opportunities that maybe Thielen couldn't at his uh, final stage of his career here. So, um, yeah, A-plus home run pick for me. And it really got me excited for day two, which I think you've come around on a little bit. Um, I've kind quite of quite a bit, actually. I've kind of uh, I've kind of stayed the same. I, I don't know enough about Makai Blackman quite yet. Um, so the grade for me is like a, a C plus. Um, and the reason I give it a C plus is I don't know. There were just other prospects in my mind that I would have liked to see them take at 87. Um, and then just to also trade back. I, I didn't particularly enjoy that, um, though. Love the trade back. Love they, it they were saying that they were going to consider Blackman at 87 anyway. So why not? So I, for me, 
Jury's still out. Average C plus, so it's a little bit better than average. Um, but that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah. Um, so obviously I had a pretty gnarly moment there when that pick was made. <laughs> you need to um, take pride in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I should. I again I um <laughs> overreaction central for sure but yes it, it it was fun it was a fun moment i think the show I, i've had a lot of comments that on a negative but i've also had a lot of people reach out like that was hilarious like whatever yes. right so uh you know we'll we'll own it we'll we'll wear it like a the, like a patch on the chest but um <laughs> so you've come I've, around though i've come around so obviously i didn't know much about him like i said on the show live uh, at that moment you know, you see him kind of flash a little bit here and there while watching other players. I watched a lot of Thule, um mm-hmm. on on that USC defense. A big fan of him, and hopefully he does well. I think he went to the Chargers. I think he'll be a great fit there. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and he would pop every now and then. But so actually going and watching specific tape of him, I, I got to watch a UCLA game. Um, and I got some hands on shoot what were the other two games so i watched three games total but again these were like late nights uh, and some of them were even just highlight things but um and he popped more than i thought he initially did and you know i, I really enjoy some of the stickiness that he has in coverage and some of the attitude he plays with um mm-hmm. you know me and my dbs i like him to be dogs um i wouldn't say he's a dog per se but he's definitely got a little bit of that in him uh, maybe like a like a you know like my dog like Banks a medium sized dog he's not like a pit bull or nothing but um, and and yeah I mean he stays in phase with his receivers um, he's he he's got like he, he's pretty quick and and uh, and got quick hips uh, yeah. and and being able to break off like his sprint and and come back to the ball on like those deep in routes and or not in routes but comeback routes and things like that he had a really excellent um, interception against UCLA. Uh, I think the second quarter, like mid second quarter where he even got pushed off. I I, I tweeted this one. He even gets pushed off. He's able to get recovered, get back into play, make an interception and make a little bit of a play. Um, So like he's got some skills. You had mentioned pre-show. He does get a little grabby, uh, which is a little concerning. Uh, And then again, when we go back to our grades, right. You look at some of the players on the board. Adebuare was somebody I was really excited about, <laughs> um, and he, we didn't take him. Darius Rush was another yep. player. But like our show on Sunday, Jason put, uh, brought out a great point, and I think he got that point from Flip, is you you know if you get so enamored with specific players because you do these mock drafts and you just mock them to you so often and whatnot that sometimes you get like tunneled into specific yep. players. And again, there's players that are on the board that maybe you – just didn't have time to get to. Makai Blackman for me was one of those guys. I just didn't really get around to watching him enough. Um, and I, I think I missed a player there. I think I missed a player that is actually has potential. I'm going to give it a B grade. I think that okay, okay. Um, I think he has potential to be a good player and he's got some versatility to his game. So nickel outside, he's primary outside, but he can play a little nickel too. Okay. Okay. Well, let's shift to our fourth round pick here then with uh, LSU safety cornerback at, kind of a hybrid defensive back here, uh, Jay Ward, who I just started watching a little bit more tonight. And I can, I can see why this team likes him, specifically Brian Flores, but I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to also give this a similar grade as a B. Um, I, again, there, there's, there's some concerns to his game. 
Uh, but for the most part, it's hard to like pinpoint them because we don't know what position he's getting drafted for. Like I, they said cornerback, but like, I doubt he's an outside he's corner. I guess it's everywhere. It's nickel. It's going to be safety. Uh, uh, kind of play the uh, who's that player um, for for Flores? Uh, that safety, safety oh, Fitz- nickelback. Minka Fitzpatrick. No, uh, his Dolphin days. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Not Jalen Mills. Um, anyway, sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to burn up. <laughs> I'm going to look while you keep here. talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was the guy that like we were all like, oh. Uh, you know, he, Flores needs this guy because he followed him from New England, I think, to the Dolphins. But anyway, it's kind of jack of all trades guy. Um, Eric Rowe. <laughs> Eric Rowe. That's it. There we go. Um, he, we he's going to find it. I think he's going to play that role of, hey, you, we need you to play safety. We need you to play nickel. Hey, actually, we're going to run a dime and you're playing linebacker, right? He's got mm-hmm. that ability to kind of flex into any specific role that you maybe need him to. And yeah. I love that because I don't expect a what, – what round did we take him in? Fifth? Four. I think fourth, it was four. Okay. Four, uh, fourth round. Um, I don't expect a fourth rounder to like p- play heavy minutes, right? Uh, at least until he can show that he kind of – Caleb Evans said that last year. Yeah, I was going to say um, we say that, but – we saw it last year with the Caleb Evans. These, they're, yeah. I, and I think, I think, sorry to interrupt, but I think one no. thing that we're we're not uh, thinking about is just the difference in Donatel to uh, to Flores, and the fact that I think Flores has shown in his career a willingness to play younger players, whereas Donatel did not want to play the younger guys. Like, look how right. long it took Asamoa to get on the field. When every time he was out there, he was flashing. Um, so I, I think very good point. I think that we could really see, you know, Makai Blackman and Jay Ward play meaningful minutes, you know, pretty early on. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, and and then you know, so he's got that versatility, he's got the flexibility. But even you were talking about it when you were watching one of his uh, uh, one of his games just you know earlier today. You know, he's blitzing, right? He took yep. a. You said he took a, a, a offensive lineman one on one. Did he win that rep? <laughs> no, he didn't. But well, but you still, know, he made an know. effort. <laughs> yeah, well, but if he's taking out an offensive lineman, that's probably opening somebody else up to make a play. Correct. Right? Yep. So things that um, don't yeah. show, up, show up in the stat sheet for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, I, I'm excited about the pick again. I'm I, I, not an A, right? But again, he's a fourth round pick. Uh, I think he he provides good flexibility. He's worst case scenario, he's going to be a really good special teamer, probably. So um, yeah, good pick. Yeah, I like it as well. Uh, again, I, it's very I'm very hesitant to give A grades out, especially the deeper into the draft we go. But I think a solid B, like to your point, um, things that stood out to me. Obviously, we talked about his position versatility. Um, he's his his read and react ability is st- stood out to me in the games that I watched. Um, he closes in on the ball very, very quickly, uh, very extinct, instinctive player. And uh, one of the other things that I noticed, which was really funny, uh, I, I almost clicked away from the play because I just didn't think he was at the outside boundary corner. And I didn't think he was going to you know, be a part of a running play. And he gets away from his assignment, darts towards the, like the middle of the field like a missile and just pops the quarterback uh, on a, on a QB run. And I'm like, that's what we need. That's the feistiness that this team missed last year. We didn't have that. So um, I was, I was pretty impressed with some of the film I've watched on him thus far, and I'll continue to watch more to get a better feel for who he is as a player, but yeah, solid B grade for me. So 
Uh, moving to the fifth round here, we got three more guys to go. Nose tackle. I got to say it right because the pronunciation came out. It's Jaqueline Roy, uh, not Jacqueline Roy, which a lot of fans were saying early on. It's Jaqueline Roy. Uh, it's the nose tackle out of LSU. You've kind of watched him. I have not yet. Um, I'm only through Jay Ward. You're muted right now, by the way. <laughs> my bad. My bad. I had a cough. Um, yeah, I watched him a little bit early in the process. Uh, I knew that D-tackle was going to be a need of ours. And so I was looking at guys like him, Gervin Dexter, um, just kind of some of the mid-round guys, Coborn, Ojomo. Um, and I, I liked him early on um, with, with some of the raw skills he has. Um, my concerns with him was more just like consistency and effort. Sure. Um, at least on a play-to-play basis, you kind of watch and you see – it seemed like, and again, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the scheme is uh, entailing in, in scenarios, but it almost seemed like he maybe took a couple plays off here and there. He doesn't have a lot of starting experience. He only really started starting games this year, but he was mm-hmm. a rotational piece last year that was relatively effective. So what he brings to the table is a pretty strong um, ability to you know push the pocket ability to get after the passer a little bit didn't finish all that much in college but again creating hurries and creating pressures up the middle is a huge thing especially in an offense like this that yep. we are sending guys from all over the place in blitzes um did i say offense i meant defense um uh defense like this yeah so i i, I like what he can bring to the game there again i want to make sure that you know flores is able to get that feistiness out of him that uh uh down-to-down contribution from him versus, you know, taking plays off here and there. My guess, probably a rotational guy at best, if not probably even maybe a redshirt year this year, Um, just because we do have not great depth there, but we have players that have contributed solidly in the NFL. So um, I'm excited. Hopefully he surprises and and plays more. I I get Given the fact that we did trade up, now I'm not 100% convinced we traded up for him. Um, (laughs) There's talk that maybe we traded up for DTR. um, And and then after we did that, Cleveland traded up ahead of us uh, with the guys on the clock and and made the pick. But um, with all things considered with the trade up, and I I don't mind the trade up process – um, it's more or less just, okay, this player is solid, but uh, I'm going to give this a C plus or a yeah. C, C plus somewhere in there. I think I agree. I, I think based on everything I've heard and again, have not yet watched him, but um, I'd, I'd probably give it a C, maybe even a C minus uh, just given the trade up part of it. But he seems like a very raw prospect. He's he, He's got that physical presence and, and appears to have some good athleticism. So maybe there's something there that you can. And then his athletic testing was like, poor, like really. Poor. I know, but, so on film, is, but it shows it's weird because on film it shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. I think he's, he's got some potential pass rush upside. Um, and he, he looked to be like a good run defender, but to your point, probably rotational defensive lineman. Um, but who knows? Maybe they maybe they can tap into something that no one else could, and we're looking at a, a solid starter. So you know, we yep. never know with these players. That's the best part about it. So yeah, it's, um, it's a lottery. I'll give it a C minus for now. Two more left to go. Uh, quarterback Jaron Hall out of BYU. We talked a lot about him yesterday in our show uh, with the rest of the guys. So we don't have to spend too much time on him. But uh, what are your what's your grade for Jaron Hall? Yeah, I would say, you know, 
I, I like him. Uh, I like the tools that he has. Um, you know, his size is maybe a little bit of a concern, but you're finding more and more of these quarterbacks who are a little bit smaller, six foot, uh, being able to succeed in the NFL. Um, with his athletic upside, I, I think that if you're making a play at a quarterback it, it, at that position in the draft, um, it's a smart idea to go with the upside pick versus yeah. the like pocket passer pick in my opinion just because you might be able to untap some potential there uh age is like okay you're 25 but mm-hmm. like i'm not really that concerned because if you end up being a good player you're at quarterback you're playing to your 35 10 years of a position uh at you know this late in the round or this right in the dra- late in the draft yeah great value there so you know, i'm going to give it a solid b plus just because okay. i think process was really well uh, yeah, you know, it was a really good process there. I'm a little, and lower I like the on player it. himself. Yeah, I'm a little lower on it. I get, I, I'd give it a B minus. Um, it, it, it's just, it's not a needle mover for me. You're really just kind of throwing a dart and hoping it sticks. Um, but which it's is something fine. that the other regime never did. They didn't right. throw those well, they, darts, and you don't find one the Russell and they... Wilsons, and you don't <laughs> find the Dak Prescotts without throwing these darts. So. Yeah, and I think to your point too, he's got the the traits that you'd want to try and develop uh, and, and improve, and no better situation, right? I mean, I think with Kevin O'Connell here um, and that coaching staff behind Kirk Cousins, I think all of that, it's just going to be, be a potential perfect combination for him to to really soak in as much knowledge as he can. Um, I'm excited to see him in preseason and training camp. I think he'll be a, a fun player to watch. And I think fans will really enjoy him because, I mean, it, when we saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was kind of inconsistent accuracy issues and whatnot. But he when he had those wild plays, they were wow. Um, and I think that's what stands out with Jaron Hall to me. And a couple last comments on that. I'm going to make two. Number one, he is not here. I saw on Twitter multiple times today. He is not here to be the quarterback of the future. No. Like he was not drafted to be the heir. He could be. He absolutely could be. He's not not drafted as the heir in Paris. He is drafted as a developmental quarterback, a guy with tools and a skill set that they think that they may be kind of, to your point, untap additional skills, additional tools, and, and, and uh, fine-tune some of those to make a high-quality player that has a lot of the intangibles that we're looking for. Great leadership, you know, really good teammate, all of that stuff, right? But mm-hmm. this, to your point, it's a complete dart throw, and they know that this isn't C.J. Stroud. This yes. isn't even Anthony Richardson, who's also a gamble of, in, a, in a sense – that those are QB of the futures guys picked this late in the draft. No, they're not. Um, And then the second (laughs) comment I really want to say real quick too, is I still am holding out hope that we go after Trey Lance. I don't think it's going to happen. You never know. You never know. I think, I think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of time between now and training camp. We've even seen trades happen in training camp. um, Hopefully not that late because we need the playbook and all that, but yeah. With no resolutions to Dalvin Cook and Zedaria Smith quite yet, anything is on the table, I think, as far as more additions to this team. And free agency, uh, effective today at 4 o'clock, they can sign free agents uh, and not affect their, uh, their, their compensatory picks for 2024. So every yep. free agent is on the table there. So last draft pick, I know where you stand on this one. And I have to make sure I get the name right again because I was on a different show earlier and said Trey McBride, but it's Dwayne McBride. Dwayne, uh, yeah. Trey is that uh, <laughs> tight end for the, the, for the Cardinals. Yeah. yeah. But what, what did you think on, uh, on Dwayne McBride here in the seventh round? 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is kind of maybe overly optimistic, but I'm going to give it an A to an A+. Plus. Um, I, a plus. Again, when, when I look at it from the value, like if you take Dwayne McBride in with with the, the pick that we took, uh, Jay Ward, for example, in the fourth, right, uh, or the Mackay Blackman, I wouldn't have been mad with the pick knowing that we're likely coming off of Dalvin Cook anyway, and I think this is a really good player. Um, but th- then you're getting like a B or a C, mm-hmm. but you're getting him this late in the draft. I think it was seventh round, right? The early yep. seventh round. Yep. You're getting a player that I definitely do think could be a, um, a potential starter for us down the line. I'm, obviously, we re-signed Alexander Madison, so he's not going to have full-time starting duties this year, but he's got juice and he's got great contact balance and people want to knock him for his hands that offense just doesn't throw to the running back. I, I, I'm not saying that he can, but I'm saying that we shouldn't knock him for an offense that just doesn't do it. Like the, the running back they had pri- previous to him only had like career wise, only had like 20 targets his whole career or something like yeah. that or 20 catches. Well, so it's like in it's a note on the pass catching, we had Damian Parson on earlier from the draft network. And he said the one thing that he's, usually never concerned about with a prospect is just their ability to catch because that's something you actually can train on and work on. Like you can jugs machine machine all the time. Like this is a trait where like, yeah, it may not be your strong point, but you can definitely develop this, this side of your game. So again, I'm with you on that. I'm not, I'm not super concerned. Yeah. And then, so like, obviously the only like other knock he had on him was he, he had some bumbling issues and that, that will happen. Um, hopefully he can correct those. And again, with an NFL coach, you know, maybe we are able to, you know, lock that in just a little bit more. Um, but again, you're, you're, you're seventh round pick and you have starter, like, I mean, literally legit, like we have starter level grades on this guy. Right. So mm-hmm. I think for me, I had him ranked, I think I had moved him up late in late in my process. I, I tweeted out like my rankings of top 10. And at the yeah. time he was at 10, I think I moved him up a little bit uh, to like nine or eight by the end of it. But also even, even if I say top 10, that's that that's in getting him in the seventh round. That's a really good value. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. I, I, I really like it. I was going to go B plus. I, I didn't, I didn't want to go full Homer on the bit, but uh, sure. I, I, a lot of the same things you shared, some of the clips I've watched of him were just super impressive. And I think again, good process by the Vikings. We've seen time and time again, the past handful of years, late round running backs turning into good performers on the field. I think a perfect example is last year with the chiefs and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, He turned into be a not, they're not the same player. I'm not saying that at all, but he just turned into be a very good player and it, it's proven, you know, you don't need to have these top running backs signed to big dollar amounts in your backfield. And I knew this shift was probably coming eventually with Kevin O'Connell, the whole running back by committee. But I think with this move, the rumor swirling about Dalvin cook, it almost solidifies the fact that this will be at least a two headed, maybe even a three headed backfield with Madison McBride and Chandler. I don't see Kenny Wangwu competing for a running back position i think he's primarily a kick returner but uh and and again this might make him expendable at this point granted he's a great kick returner but sure you know there's players can play you know there's other players that could potentially do that you know jalen rager jalen naylor i mean there's guys that potentially could fill into that role um yeah and 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 if he performs well this year we might be able to get off madison contract a year early 
you know, yeah. like, and have a two-headed monster. Hopefully, if Ty Chandler can kind of show to be a good third down back or something like that, then you'd have that kind of two-headed monster. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and real quick, I know they're not, they, these aren't draft picks. I'm not going to go through each one. How would you rank our uh, UDFA class, like as a whole? Yeah, so I only really know two of them, and it's Ivan Pace Jr., which we've talked about extensively on this show, and Andre Carter, uh, the edge from Army. And just with those two alone, I'm willing to give that like a home run hit. Yeah. Like that is, I think, just those two players alone, which many projected to go maybe fourth or fifth round. Um, if you can somehow get those guys in here, develop them quickly, I wouldn't be surprised if both of them end up with a roster spot by the time the season rolls around. Um, I think they're both that good. Andre yeah. Carter's a little bit more raw, so maybe they try and squeak him on the practice squad, but – yeah, I'm excited. I think I think Brian Flores paired up with Andre Carter. It could be scary. I think he could he could really tap into that potential. So the rest of them I haven't really looked at quite yet, but uh, from everything I've read, looks to be like a good class. So I'd, I'd give it a I'll give it a B plus. Yeah, if we would have been able to land one or two other additional players that I was really excited about, Starling Thomas out of UAB would have been a pairing him with Dwayne McBride, bringing UAB cat here. Um, I liked him at cornerback a lot. Um, I would have taken Eli Ricks at corner as well, just because yeah. you know, he has like the name and he's got some pedigree to him and hopefully he can, I, I want that kid to succeed um, just because I feel like he kind of got, he went from a first round potential pick down to a undrafted free agent. That's, that's tough for an ego. So, uh, but, and then, so one of those corners and then Brandon Joseph at safety, I really liked him. I actually yeah. had him in my top 10 uh, for safety as well. And uh, he went undrafted. So, um, and I think he'll be a good player. So if we would have been able to land one of those three guys, I would have been uh, in a for me. So I'll, yeah, I'll give it a, like a BB plus. Perfect. Perfect. Well, if you're listening or watching still, uh, let us know your grades. We, we went through each pick and then just ranked, or graded the whole undrafted free agent group. So drop it in the comments. Let us know what you think. Um, and we'll go respond to those comments as well. And remember, be sure to like and subscribe. We're thinking about doing some film breakdowns on some of these prospects in the coming weeks. Um, and we have a lot more coverage for the Vikings continuing. So until next time, everybody, Skull Vikings. <laughs>